Solomon asked this question, who has ascended into heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. Proverbs 30, verse 4. And the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. What is his name and what is his son's name? Surely you know. There's no question that's really more important. The answer to that question is essential Christian confession. Just as it was asked of the disciples, who do you say that I am? So it is asked of every Christian. Your entire faith really hangs on your answer. Who do you say he is? A prophet? John the Baptist? Or do you answer with Peter, you are the Messiah of God? Luke 9. To confess Jesus as the Christ or Messiah is to confess his office as the anointed one and king of kings. If he is not divinely appointed to the office of Messiah, then all the Messiah work is in vain. If he is simply called Christ but does not fulfill the duties that are assigned to that calling, then Jesus is merely just another noble figure or a righteous one. But consider the psalm we prayed, Psalm 110, the most frequently quoted psalm in the New Testament. Why is it so frequently quoted? Because it gives the answer to that all-important question from Solomon. Who is Jesus? What is his name? What is his son's name? Surely you know. Everything hangs on this question. Who is Jesus? If he is the Savior, then you are saved. If he is the King, then you have a kingdom. If he is Lord, then he has lordship and conquered all your foes and reigns victorious. The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. David answered the question, who do you say that I am? My Lord and my God. To have an anointed king is one thing. We've seen the anointed kings of the Bible, many heathen and hypocrites kings throughout scripture, but these are radically different than Jesus. Again, maybe the Lord, maybe a Lord is a prophet, or maybe the Lord is king like David. You remember the elders of the people, both the chief priests and scribes came together and led the council to try Jesus and condemn him to death on Good Friday. They asked him the same question. If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And from then on, they sought to kill him. So it is not enough simply to know that he is the Christ, the Son of God, or even Lord. Okay, Lord, true, and King, also true. But how does Jesus go about his kinging? Reigning, if you prefer. That's all important, too. For Jesus rules in a particular way, but not in the way that the elders of his people expected or wanted. David told us in the psalm, he said, I make your enemies your footstool. In other words, my Lord, the one sent by the Lord, will crush my enemies under his heel. The Son of God is sent to reign in righteousness and to anoint with oil of gladness. How? By doing the work that had been promised of old to Eve, 
with a crushing blow of his heel, as was promised of her offspring, a boot smash to the head of the evil dragon, who is called Satan and the devil. Our king reigns, or kings, by crushing Satan under his feet. And his evil reign is over, and his warfare ended. Remember that, yes, he torments us day by night, seeking to devour us, some Christian to overthrow, and yet he can harm us none, as we sang on Sunday. The victory has been won, the kingdom ours remaineth. And along with the dragon, all of his evil schemes and his devices are also destroyed under Jesus' foot. Sin is forgiven, death has no more sting, the gates of hell are barred, and heavens, the heaven is opened. Remember that Jesus prayed this psalm, Psalm 110. It's his word, it's his to pray, and it confesses him. And so, they speak of Jesus. He knew what his work would be, would be to put all, our, all of his father's enemies under his foot. So we can hear David singing, but we hear Jesus singing these psalms too. Thus, when you hear the psalm, you hear its fulfillment in Jesus. He is David's Lord who sits at the right hand of God. He is the one who has made his enemies, all of our enemies too, his footstool. And this is the kind of king that you have. One sent by the eternal God to crush your enemies under his foot. The one in whom everything written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms is fulfilled. But we should also ask then, how does our anointed Lord do this great work for us? How does he place his enemies under his feet? It's the full weight of the Lord of glory hanging upon the old rugged cross that bore down upon the slithering snake and crushed him. Yes, the dragon thought he had won, just as it is written that the Christ should suffer. But so also it is written that on the third day he would rise from the dead. Satan's seeming victory was also his defeat. He took captivity captive, for death could not hold our Lord. By his death he destroyed death, and by his rising he brought life and immortality to light. This festival of ascension is one of confessing Jesus as Lord, but more than that. It's more than simply stating that he has destroyed enemies. You hear that all the time. But this day, in particular, we hear of his ascension to sit at the right hand of the Father. Yes, dear Christians, this also is a great blessing and gift to you as you hear on this holy day. Our Lord Jesus Christ's ascension is the source of great blessing. Because by his ascension to the right hand of the Father, he showers upon us every fruit of that fateful blow at the cross and every good gift of the Father. While heaven received him and all who dwell in him, whether in heaven and earth, are also joined in his reign. All who are joined to Jesus are part of his kingdom and thus receive all the benefits of his kingdom. From this right hand, the gift of the Father, that is, the Spirit proceeds from both he and the Son, to call, gather, and enlighten the whole Christian church on earth and to keep it with Jesus Christ. From this right hand of power, our Lord himself blesses us with all the blessings that he has promised, that he has instituted his word and sacrament, so that repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed in his name to all nations. From the right hand of power, Christ himself preaches to us. He drowns the old Adam of sin by his word of law and brings death in our baptism. He calls us to put to death the works of unrighteousness and those 
precious waters, and he returns us from our old ways to him. This is the dying to self and rising to Christ that happens each day in baptismal remembrance and every week and every time we gather in the proclamation of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So from the right hand of the Father and by his resurrection, Jesus Christ, well, has all authority on heaven, in heaven and on earth. Thus he grants to us the saving gift of baptism, an answer of a good conscience before God. And also from the seat of power, he institutes and gives to us this incredible gift of his body and blood to eat and to drink. From the eternal throne, he serves in his kingdom, but he's more than just a king or a great high priest. He's also our great high priest. For Christ, the anointed king, is also dutiful priest and eternal sacrifice. He is the eternal sacrifice that is given for you to eat and to drink. Only the one ascended to the right hand could do such a great thing. His body and blood pervading throughout the world wherever Christians are gathered to receive. And it is this holy food that brings you into holy communion with the Son of God, David's Lord, who sits at the right hand of the Father. Thus, it is true that we confess that when you come and kneel before the altar, you are already now dwelling in heaven, a kingdom, to feast with prophets and saints and angels and archangels who are singing about you as you receive. For as Paul says, for now your life is hidden with Christ in God, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It is a great blessing that our Lord ascended to the right hand of the Father, because there he rules in the heavens and the earth as Lord, in his kingdom that is not of this world. There he serves as great high priest, making intercession for you, his people. From the right hand of the Father, he blesses you with the word of repentance and forgiveness of sins. From the right hand, he pours out graciously the water and word of a saving flood, baptism, to drown the old man in sin and to make you clean in his own blood. And this blood is poured out and this body given into your mouths for the forgiveness of your sins, to strengthen your faith and to proclaim to you the Lord's death until he comes. All of that is wrapped up in this one little day called the Ascension, which is, well, was formerly a chief festival in the life of the church. We see this blessing as he gives us faith in the Lord Jesus, in the love of the saints, and young and old growing in wisdom and knowledge of Jesus. This is all what the Lord is performing from the right hand, that we would have our hope in his return and that we would continue to receive in the meantime all that he has promised to us, all because he sits at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above every principality and power and might and dominion, so that every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, would be in him. And he put all things under his feet, Paul says, Ephesians 1, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. But all of this, of course, is received, to, uh, received by us in faith. This Ascension Day, we do not see all that we believe we receive. It will, though, will receive its final fulfillment on the last day when he comes again in the way that he left on the cloud. And then we will see him face to face. Christ, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, will call out to those who have died. 
and they too, that's us, will rise like him. And then will come the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, or delivers the kingdom to God the Father, and when he'll put an end to all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15. Thus, our Lord reigns now as Lord and King. He has kept all enemies under his feet until the last day when he finally destroys even death forever. But we know and believe that death has already been destroyed in Jesus' own sacrifice. So we can rejoice now in the blessed hope, and that blessed hope, looking forward to the day when our Lord who reigns will bring us at last with him into eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.